0: Hey everybody, it's Todd Bills here, your Overdrive Radio podcast host as usual for this edition. Dropping to the podcast feed December 1st and then at the world-famous overdriveonline.com Monday the 4th. Wherever you're listening, you're in for a treat. Roundtable of sorts featuring four small trucking businesses among our 2023 Trucker of the Year contenders. We're in the process of wrapping up judging of 10 semi-finalists for the award this year with a huge amount of operational diversity among them.
1: Yeah, it's been really fun though to read read up on everyone um, and just all the diversity and all the different ways everyone came to where they're at. It's, it's been really fun.
0: That was the voice of Sarah Schultz, operator of the second truck in nominee owner operator John Schultz and Sarah's VTS business. That stands for Veterans Transportation Services. And the business follows John's couple decades worth of military mechanic work in the Army. When it comes to freight, as you'll hear in today's podcast, VTS is plenty diverse itself. That aside, the Schiltzes were on a call live with me, owner-operator Tim and Shelly Pulley of Pulley Express, and owner-operator Matthew Carr of KMAC Trucking, joined there and nominated for the award by his wife, Cory. Separately, and also featured here, I caught up with Texas-based Car haul owner-operator Crystal Rives.
2: Oh, I got a load that stolen to. Waco, I was going to go
0: to Abilene today, but I got to do it. has been a tough year on the customer front for Rive's car haul operation, yet, as with many an owner operator, a stick to itiveness hustle, and quick on her feet nimble quality as a business owner yielded new opportunities, even in this market. The same can be said for others we'll hear from here today, including the man on the other side of a break, Matthew Carr, who, when he was featured as our Trucker of the Month in May, was playing the waiting game on final registrations, insurance, and more to go back out under his own authority through a big profit year leased in 2022. So now, we'll jump into these quote-unquote exit interviews with Overdrive's 2023 Truck of the Year contenders after this word from Overdrive Radio's sponsor. Stop fuel from gelling this winter with Howe's Diesel Treat, North America's number one trusted anti-gel. Right now, you need Howe's Diesel Treat more than ever, not only to keep your gel-free, but to fight the shortcomings of today's ULSD by adding vital lubricity, removing water, and preventing deposits. The only guaranteed anti-gel on the market, Diesel Treat also boosts fuel economy and improves performance. This winter, do yourself a favor and add Howe's Diesel Treat at every fill-up.
3: Visit Howe'sProducts.com for
0: more information. That's H-O-W-E-S. HouseProducts.com Here's fuel tanker hauling owner-operator Matt Carr, K-Mac Trucking. About the year just passed, and as with all the owner-operators you'll hear in today's podcast, reflecting on the challenges faced throughout 2023.
3: Honestly, it's been pretty smooth. It's been pretty smooth, but... One of the reasons it's been smooth is because of my past failures, my past mistakes I've learned and uh, learned to be patient. (laughs) But we had a few little hiccups with waiting on insurance and getting um, clearances at different places, but that's nothing we, you know, nothing to really get upset about. It's just one of them things.
4: Your biggest
0: challenge uh, throughout the year, it sounds like, was simply getting everything in place that you needed to be in place in order to get out and actually run with the authority again.
3: Yes. Considering it was hazmat and it's, um, you know, refined petroleum. Okay. There's some things I had to learn along the way for sure. Well, you know, I need this or I don't need that. Luckily I have, um, uh, you know, i built good relationships over the years and they kind of guide me as you know you need to do this you need to do this you need this much insurance you need that much insurance for this place just ask questions and be patient that's all you can do for example these trailers that we pull have to be certified every year which i knew that and then they have to have a five-year inspection and they have to go inside the trailer but certain states require different rules on them like um, sure. it's the same same inspection it's just different paperwork you have to fill out like Illinois if you get uh, caught unloading without Illinois sticker on there then I, I'm not sure what happens I don't remember what they told me but it's it's an incredible fine and sure. uh, you know for the trailer I mean it's the same inspection at, for every other state, uh, Arkansas they have different rules. Um, Missouri has different rules. It's just it's just different rules and regulations you have to learn to be in compliance. Because at the end of the day, it's hazmat. It it's an explosive um, and a combustible. So <laughs> they they want to make sure stuff's right.
0: You didn't have to deal with that before because you you had not been pulling your own trailers is that right
3: yeah that's right some of yeah. that stuff I wasn't right I, I knew right. I knew about it but I didn't know how to go about the procedures to take care of it so Matt
0: Carr and his K-Mac trucking outfit weren't the only tank pullers on the call Pulley Express a three truck outfit headquartered just west of Chicago and helmed by Tim and Shelly Pulley run mostly liquid sugars in Walker tanks regionally and locally Big things were afoot for the husband and wife with some recent history equipment purchases with the intent to expand that well, delivery of that equipment came a little earlier than expected, let's say.
5: Yeah, we ended up uh we have five trailers now. I think when we talked to you we had uh we had four and okay. we had one owner operator and now we have two.
4: The extra trailer came about uh we so we ordered a trailer and um Uh, The manufacturer, they cut off, you know, any orders after a certain date uh, just because they were way too busy. Um, We happened to make that cut and uh, decided, you know what, if this happens or it continues to happen, we better put another one on the books. And, uh, yeah, pretty much we forgot about it until we got a call from the salesman. Uh, we're talking a, a
5: year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A year.
4: Yeah, the first trailer was, it was at least a year. Uh, yeah. And then the second one, uh, I think, right uh, what, almost a year, we, like 10 months, 10, 11 months.
5: Yeah, so, no, it was November of 2022, I put the order in. Gotcha. So, okay. And then we were kind of uh, like, what do we do?
4: Yeah. Take it or so that was a that was a panic. Uh I don't know if it was the wisest decision. Everything's we up with and it. running. So yeah. Yeah. So that's
0: been very recent then that um that you've that you've gotten those trailers and then put on another uh, owner
4: operator, right?
5: Yeah, yeah so the, we got uh, the trailer next last week. He picked it up. Yeah. And then the owner operator was like a month ago.
4: He started a month ago, but uh uh, get the hydraulics and the truck set up, mm-hmm. uh, and then um, he's probably only a week out on the road with us.
5: Uh, the petroleum tankers, do they have to? Uh, do you guys have to put hy- hydro packs on that?
3: We we do. And we pump. sure do. yep I can pump off about. Like diesel's a little slower than gas, but gas about 245 gallons a minute i don't know how that sugar is it's probably a little thicker probably goes a little slower doesn't it
4: so the thinner products uh like sucrose or thinner corn syrup uh we could do probably uh anywhere from like 175 uh gpm to probably just about two mm-hmm. 220 would be a, a really good setup the thicker stuff uh you're definitely going to want to run it slower
3: <clears throat> on our pumps, the, the petroleum pumps, so I'm sure yours are like this too. They have an internal bypass. Some of the your above-ground tanks that you pump off into, they have a – I'm not sure how it works, but it's a check valve. If the tank gets full, it won't let the product keep pushing into the tank so you don't blow a tank over. Anyway, yeah. and it, it will bypass internally or blow a tank over or blow a hose. I mean, you think about it, that's pushing it through a two-inch two, two inch hose, or 3 into the pump and then two out at 245 gallons a minute that's a lot of pressure
4: uh some of the pumps have uh the bypass uh the older ones uh they do not yeah so they'll actually uh lock up um if there's uh anything stopping in the product uh you know obviously uh fuel a little more dangerous uh for us uh, they just let it spill on the ground <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, we, yeah we can't do
3: that it's a it's a big yeah. ordeal you know, that we
4: don't like to we don't like to and no if you don't have no, a change like of clothes then uh, you turn into uh a piece of
3: rock candy <laughs> Yeah. Um, well you you've been in it sound like you guys been in the tanker business a long time this is something i learned a long time ago sometimes you and this is actually a fact you have to go slow to go fast you really do because if yeah, was, with the corn syrup for sure. Well, that and like gasoline and diesel and, and sometimes, and I see these young guys doing it, they'll get in a hurry, then they'll have a spill, and they'll spend two hours cleaning a spill up instead of just slowing down, taking your time, and instead of saving, you know, 60 seconds, it costs them two hours. It's, I mean, you probably have run into that, too, if you've been in the tanker business a while.
4: Yeah, we try to do, uh, at least for me, uh, I, I do my routine. And if anybody, yep. like a customer, wants to try and help out, I'll I'll stop them, <clears throat> set in their tracks. Like, no, nope, you can't help me. This, this, I got yeah. this. So.
6: Yep,
3: I'm the same way. I won't. I won't talk on the phone. I won't. I won't talk to anybody. Because I mean, I, for example, now this didn't happen to me. It's happened to another company. You know, I, I knew the man that did it. He contaminated some product. He put ethanol in diesel, and he hit it. Well, big construction outfit went in to get fuel at that service station, and I don't know how much they bought, but they put it in their big machines, their, their scrapers, their dozers, and everything else. And the last number I heard was like 950,000. Um, that that one driver screwed up because he 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 screwed up. That's what it ended up costing the trucking company because of his foul up. So. We have to be pretty diligent in what we do.
0: In terms of the big business challenges for Pulley Express, Shelly walked back farther in time than just this year.
5: I, I was talking to Tim earlier about this, and I said, you know, what was our struggle at the beginning? And it's 10-plus years ago, well, since '05. but it was the customer and trying to find the right customer and... Tim was like just getting direct with the customer. Right. And I think you know going to the load board, trying, you know having a few people, or a broker finding loads for you, trying to cut out that middleman. That was a huge struggle at the beginning. And once we were past that struggle, it was a different level because we didn't. How did have you get past end. it?
0: The voice you heard there was that of owner operator John Schultz. Headquartered in Wisconsin and running now in an independent two-truck operation with his wife, Sarah, whom you heard at the top, and who nominated Schultz for the Trucker of the Year Award this year. John went on to describe his own desire to get beyond spot freight, which to an extent is his bread and butter for parts of the year when he's not working Midwest region harvests
6: from field to processors. I've been in since 2010, and that's still the biggest struggle. how many companies need one truck? How many customers can be serviced by one truck? None.
4: That we work for... Uh, Are you leased on to them? No. No. They do have uh, leased-on drivers. Uh, they got about 11 of them. And then um, there's, there's us as a small carrier, and there's another uh, small carrier with... Uh, just about the same amount of trucks. Um,
6: you're dedicated to that customer then?
4: Yeah, yeah you're yeah. dedicated to the All our eggs are in one bathroom, oh, which
6: I, I, sure. I
4: say no, uh, uh, you know, because I've I've had customers uh, uh, just say, you know what, we're not going to use you anymore, you know, good luck. And this is out of the blue. Uh, yeah. and, and you're just standing there like, I don't know. What am I going to
5: do with all my equipment? Yeah. yeah, Yeah, That was uh, when we were doing the dump work. I didn't know what to do. That was, yeah, that was like 08 during those sessions. Persistence, getting into that niche independently, but still having a middleman. And then getting to know people in the industry. And that is, I think, how we did it. Because we got to know people who knew them over there where we wanted to work, and we just, I did a lot of, like, just stopping in, how's it going, you know, uh, just, I need some parts, you know, just chit-chatting, a lot of networking, I would say. Other
4: friends, too, I got a, um, I got a few other friends that are, uh, that have, you know, four or five trucks, um, you know, and then you know, I call them and say, hey, can you help me out, and you know sure enough they talk to whoever does uh, dispatching where they're at and it kind of just your circle kind of gets gets bigger and bigger from there
0: there's some commonality between the independent now four-truck business of pulley express and the two-truck independent operation of john and sheriff's Schultz, vts again for veterans transportation service john served nearly two decades as a heavy truck mechanic in the army the commonalities between the two businesses have to do with the go-between. Shelly Pulley mentioned for Pulley Express's sweetener supply liquid sugar customer, who handles all of the dispatch for the primary plant they service. John Schultz, too, with his harvest work, works through plain field trucking on those loads, which were wrapping up by the time of this conversation about two weeks back.
6: We're we're done with fresh vegetable harvest. Okay. Now we're on uh, we're on fall harvest, uh, corn, soybeans out of the field. Sarah and I diversified a little bit. We have a combine. We do some custom harvesting and we do the custom hauling as well. So that's worked out pretty good. Um, we're getting ready to go back to flatbed and we're just going to see what next year plays out. We've had a good year because we stayed diversified. Um, we just try to make ourselves as valuable as we can to the small uh, customer base that we have um, we're too small to to get direct freight we're we're just too small I can't go to John Deere they need you know they will use you but their requirements are huge uh, they want two million dollars cargo insurance there's not one piece of John Deere equipment that is worth two million dollars so I can't I don't know how they justify that, but hey, it's their show, so they can dictate the rules, right? We we try to to stay valuable and stay current, and uh, have have customers when we deliver call back to the uh, the shipper and say, hey, we want those two back. They showed up with safety clothes on. They showed up on time. They showed up with a good attitude. They showed up with good equipment. They knew how to rig. Um, I do a lot of my own rigging. I was, I had rigging classes in the army. So we just try to make ourselves valuable.
0: And what's what's been what's been the biggest difficulty you faced this year, and and how how did you um, how did you deal with it? John's wife and fellow owner-operator Sarah Shils gave the initial response.
1: Probably gonna at the risk of sounding like everyone else, um, because we do use the spot market most of the year. When we're not um, doing vegetables, the freight rates this year have been um, we the beginning of the year. The first half was pretty good. Um, we were we were profitable. Uh, we we go out. We typically stay out. We follow the freight. You know wherever the Wherever the rates kind of uh, are best, that's where we go. So sometimes we're out two, three weeks um, with both trucks, and uh, that works. You know, sometimes we sit a day or two or three uh, and wait for the better rates. But once the rail, the freight kind of fell off the rails middle of the summer, um, we we went back to our customers that our direct customers that we have. We call, we always call them first. You know, do you have? what do you have? Do you have anything? What do you need? They'll kind of give us an idea. Um, and we kind of knew we could count on harvest again. That usually starts June, July this year. For us, it didn't start until September, but um, that was right. fine. So really, like John said, just staying diverse. I feel like, you know, being able to go um, from a flatbed to an RGN, to a dry van, to an open top, to a hopper, like you can hook up to anything. Um, you, it really gives us um, a lot of flexibility as far as what our customers need. And we've got great contacts that we've built over the years. You know, if we need to get a trailer, we've got a, a gentleman here in Madison that we just call and at Alliance and let him know, Hey, we need a couple trailers. And he's great about, yep, I got you. And they're usually available within a, a few days or a week. And, um, if we need to rent them for a couple of weeks or a month or, or something, it's there they're for us. So, right. yeah, I think the rates have definitely been a hurdle. Uh, also, I wanted to mention, we do a lot of our own repairs. Obviously, we can't do everything. My truck's a little newer. John's very versed in the older trucks. His is a 99. Mine's a 13. So the electrical stuff gets him. It's just, and I don't, I'm curious to hear what others think, but this, year has just been awful as far as like finding quality maintenance I feel like every time we take our truck somewhere <laughs> it's just yeah it's great. we're totally like, there too yep yeah so we we just try to do everything we can ourselves and it I, it, it seems like I have so many stories of just like every time we leave like our local Peterbilt here and and we love them like we keep going to them but we've just gotten to the point where they pretty much expect to see us back within 15 10 or 15 minutes because it isn't going to be done right and it's awful and I'm just wondering if other people are experiencing that out there
5: I call out of state when I'm asking for when I have questions or parts I don't even call in Illinois anymore
3: I have a couple of good mechanics that worked at Peterbilt back when you know they had to know a lot of stuff, and um, I, I use them guys. I mean they they have all the stuff that they need to fix whatever I need. And if the book says it takes five hours and it takes two hours, you're getting charged for two hours, and that's how they do it. That's how you know. And the they're on their with, own
4: now, Matt.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're on their own. Once north of Springfield, Missouri, here, and the other ones uh, south of. Republic, where I'm at. I'm matter of fact. As soon as we got the phone, I'm taking the truck over there, here, just a little bit, have a little bit of work done.
1: The downtime. It's like you know, we only have two trucks, so it's it's really hard. Like this week, we took my truck in Monday um, to drop off to get some work done, and uh, granted, he asked for an extra day. Uh, and this is at a different shop, but but still, I we still haven't heard anything, and it's Thursday, so it's like when, oh when the truck. Yeah, You know, when the truck's down for a whole week, it's just, that's really rough. So I was just curious if, you know, we need to keep looking around or if it's something that's kind of all over, because I I feel like it's on par for kind of the way things are as far not, as repairs.
3: I mean, personally, my personal experience, my independent guys have always been a little better.
1: Sure.
5: We have, yeah. we have such a busy area that we're in, and I just feel like uh, there's a lot of people not showing up to work at the mechanic that we just left and they're just not doing the PMs very well. And we would constantly have to be going back and we're like, we need a change. We need a change. And then we're like, where do we go? Because you don't know the people you're going to. And then is your truck going to sit? That's just, yeah. it's such a battle. Yeah, and we, we ended up talking
4: three week wait times,
3: man. Yeah. Well, that's where you got to build a relationship, Like you just talking about the yeah. uh, same as, same as me. I spent years, years building, building relationships, it, it's like hiring drivers. You just, you got to try them out. You know, that's all you can do is try them out and if they do you a good job. Yeah. Just keep going back.
5: I think something very helpful that we have done is we have a spare truck. Yeah. And was it worth it because the plates in Illinois are super expensive and then maintaining it, it has become worth it just by not missing a load or two.
1: Yeah. Thankfully I we haven't run into anything major. I mean, I mean, if one truck's down, at least we still have income coming in. Thankfully it's just, it gets fresh. It can get frustrating when it's uh smaller, what, what is, what seems like smaller repairs and then it ends up, you know, costing us because they, it doesn't get done right the first time. It's very frustrating, but thankfully we can do most of the maintenance ourselves and we're, we're getting pretty good at it together as much as, <laughs> husband and wives can yeah. do that stuff together it's
3: sure what's that old thing a five-minute job is a one broken bowl away from a two-day job like yeah. you
5: guys work on your own truck that is something that uh we don't really have the capability we're in a i call it the dust bowl parking is a huge oh. issue for us being right outside of chicago it's, yeah. yeah, it's tough. We got four kids and I don't want to be an hour away from our house, you know? and that's, so wh- you know, where do you guys keep your trucks currently in the dust bowl? Um,
4: <laughs> no, it's uh,
5: It's an we, old quarry it, it, they filled in.
4: Yeah, Whew. so in the next town over from Brookfield, I mean, we're, we're out, everything for us is probably uh, 15 minutes. You know, the house, the plant, the uh, the parking, everything's sure. about 15 minutes away. But, you know, with, with these types of uh, uh, truck yards, you know, they got rules. Right. And, uh, you know, they don't even want you washed. them.
1: That was one of the biggest decisions, really, that drove to bring another truck on, was the fact that John is retired military. He worked on trucks in the Army. That is what he did. So that really... um. I don't. I don't think if he had that skill set, you know, it would have been because you, then you're paying for all the maintenance on both trucks. And I told him flat out, I was like, I'll definitely help. You know, I have no issue with, you know, getting greasy. I don't mind. So um, I think that that was a huge factor in deciding to get the second truck and and really kind of expand and do what we're doing now. Was The fact that we can do, we probably do 80% of our maintenance. I mean, unless it's, I mean, even like John just put in new injectors in his N14. I mean, um, so it it does, it makes a big difference at the end of the year. You know, the the money that we save on labor, labor is crazy expensive.
5: That would save us a lot if we do a lot of our work ourselves.
0: Texas intrastate independent car hauler, Crystal Rives, who wasn't part of the group call, but who I did manage to catch up with a few days later, she had customer challenges this year. As one of her main used car dealer customers decided to launch its own trucking company and, though she still hauls from them minimally, that move dramatically reduced the amount of work she was doing for them, for certain. Losing a
2: $100,000 contract almost. So yeah, I definitely was, Scrambling, but I got in hauling new cars, so I've been hauling a lot of new cars. Okay. Like tomorrow, I'm happen? taking a load to Abilene for I think they're Kia.
0: Uh, and that work she found through another motor carrier. She's now set up with them as a third-party carrier and doing steady work there. Other challenges, as with the customer who brought its transportation needs in-house, competition, generally speaking.
2: And there's a lot of people moving down here and taking other people's work and there was another guy I talked to that had a board stuff he was doing and he was getting like 40 cars a week out of the auction and he said somebody beside him was talking to him about it and then come to find out about two weeks later they took all of his work and undercut him. Oh God. And, uh, and he was, he's was been the cars for about nine years. so. I was just like, gotta be careful. you can't tell people who you're doing nothing for because don't go in and try to steal your work And this kind of business, it's terrible.
0: And how do you combat such dynamics? In just a couple words, quality service, Rive said. It's about all you can do.
2: And then they wind up you know, they wind up calling you back because they think you charge too much, but they don't understand how meticulous I am about everything. And you know, like I've all my cars, I make sure I write all the damage down and yep. and everything like that. And then I don't tear stuff up. So some people, they wind up calling me back because they're getting cars that are just real tore up from people pulling. They might be cheaper than me. They might like be 55 a car local and I'm 60 or 75 local a car, but I don't tear up your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so you get what you pay for in the in the long run. That's what I always say. You want a good job done. Well, it's gonna cost you, but you always have that guarantee that, oh well, my stuff's gonna be here and it's gonna not be tore up and damaged. You know, and it it, it costs me a little more to get the, get it to me, but you know, if somebody tears the whole underside of a car up, it probably it might be told. And they really saved a lot of money, huh?
0: Finally, I asked all these Trucker of the Year contenders for their best piece of advice for new or aspiring owner-operators. For Crystal Rives, her first thought had to do with setting expectations for the amount of work required to succeed, particularly in the early going.
2: I would just tell them, make sure they're willing to work hard and give 110%, because 100 just sometimes won't cut it. And also to make sure you have a little nest egg saved up, so if something happens to your truck and you don't know how to fix it yourself, you can, you know, pay somebody to work on it. A lot of the things, you know, that I tell people, well, I wanted to get into the car hauling business, and I said, well, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it, but it's it's very meticulous, and you have to pay really close attention to everything. Because if you miss a damage, and they they say that you damaged the vehicle, and if it's bad enough, you might be owning whatever that car is, and you didn't make no money. So I tell them, if it was, you know, something that they really wanted to do, and they give it their all, then they can be successful. And you, you're, and it's like me. I'm the mechanic. I'm the driver. I do all the books. And like I said, anything that I don't, I can't do, I, I, you know, like I don't have to turn school to do. I take it to my guy. But you just have to, to me, if you're going to be an owner operator, I think you need a little bit of a mechanic background or kind of know at least how to change the tire or You know say if your truck starts cutting in and out or something you at least know how to diagnose what the problem might be because that will help you save money in the long run and you could also grow and have experience from that in itself
0: personal growth through maintenance experience has been the story for john and sarah schultz particularly of late as john continues to walk sarah through the paces of maintenance I'm reminded of what Kevin Rutherford said as part of his Talk at the Nastic conference, featured on the podcast last week, about truly mastering a skill. Among the best ways to do that, he suggested, was to teach it to somebody else. And once, John Shilt's first thought on advice to new owners was a little different, let's say.
6: Run away right now. Vote re- this is kind of a joke, but vote Republican, because our po- the politics in this industry have killed us safety and maintenance
0: huge big, learn how to turn a wrench i guess it's part of that too right
6: yeah or or don't be afraid to to find that good mechanic buy the good high tier tires um yeah your your tire pressures <laughs> my gosh tire pressures are insane you oh, yeah. you ought all you're all probably going to laugh at me but i adjust my tire pressures so every three weeks I either raise it three pounds or drop it three pounds in all the tires so I can get wear on the outside, wear on the inside to keep the everything running true. Don't
5: They're super expensive. Definitely
6: don't over-grease. Maintain your equipment. That's the biggest thing. The tire pressure and balance. We run yeah. Centromatics on everything, even our trailers. Keep them balanced. Keep it aligned. Just do what you got to do to... I see too many people cutting corners. Spend the money. If it rattles, fix it. Because in the long run, it's going to keep you off the hook. It's going to keep you out of some shady garage down in wherever, Arkansas, where Jethro says, I always wanted to work on a transmission. And (laughs) you're, you're you're only going to get a few weeks down the road, and then there goes your transmission again, and now you're doing it all over again exactly i
3: i I concur with that completely good oil coolant
6: constantly check everything make sure
3: it's
6: your batteries are good i i just went through that
4: for someone just starting out uh, after after all of that you know you kind of just say good luck (laughs) 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 you know just uh i just was asked the other day hey is it worth owning your own equipment and, uh, you know, I go into everything that was just said. You show up to a customer and your truck is shaking and rattling. That's the only time you're going to be there. You know, again, with a positive attitude. So basically just everything uh, reinforced and then, you know, kind
0: of. I think, I, Tim, I, they, I, uh, I have some deja vu here. You and I and Shelly talked about this very thing because I did ask you this question. I think Shelly said something like, um everything everything is a lesson right like i think that was part of the headline wasn't it anyway oh for sure um, yeah like constantly constantly be you know just constantly be teaching yourself you know like from your own experience and and learn from it and and you know don't do don't do the bad things again right like, yeah. yeah yeah anyway don't make the yeah, same mistake over from again it. yeah yeah
6: it's no people right. should be honest with yourselves don't let your mouth write a check your butt can't cash don't make promises that you can't do don't go and take a job with a 15 foot wide case ih articulating tractor unless you know you're qualified to haul it Mm -hmm. you see it every day you see it on social media somebody smashed into something they hit a bridge they dropped this a combine flipped off a truck because he tied it with rope and bungee cords instead of Three eighths inch chains and binders that were properly secured. Everybody runs uh, out because they see it, big dollar signs and just be honest with yourself and take on jobs that are within your, within your grasp, within your capabilities.
5: So gonna I'm not going to actually... haul fuel.
3: I could get a trailer tomorrow morning, but I couldn't do it. Yeah, insurance is a bit high. One of the things that I, I see a lot is. You see, guys getting worked up and irritated and whatnot, and it's really hard not to sometimes. But people forget, basically, all we are is in the service industry. That's all we provide is a service. That's it. We don't. I mean, if you really break it down and think about it, we're just providing a service. We're moving somebody's freight for them. Um, so you got to build relationships. Uh, maintenance on the trucks, like you said, because. If you don't do it, the OT will definitely find find your problems for you. They 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 are good about finding your issues if you have any out on the roadside, and that's not fun. But you know, build relationships, and it takes a year sometimes. And what I get frustrated with is everybody, you know, wants to get into this, and they see they see that I have a nice truck or or whatever, and nice trailer, and I get to go on vacations. But I've been doing this, you know, 25 years. Like I said, gas 17, and I've worked many, many hundred-hour weeks. A couple of weeks ago, my damn alternator went out. It's pissing and pouring and raining. <clears throat> Only shop was open, Speaker Belt. They couldn't get me in, so I changed my alternator in Peterbilt Belt parking lot at 10 o'clock <laughs> at night in a downpour. You know, that's broke a bolt too. By the way, be patient. Do your due diligence. Take your time. Patience is a virtue, right?
4: I'm still caught up on, uh, you said vacation. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, worth yeah, a big we're thanks
0: gonna... to Tim and Shelly Pulley of Pulley Express, Matthew and Corin Carr, KMAC Trucking, BTS' John and Sarah Schiltz, and Texas headquartered Crystal Rives for all the considered thoughts here in the conversation. Stay tuned next week for most of the rest of our 2023 Trucker of the Year contenders as we wrap up the program for the year with top three finalist announcements to follow later this month. You can find profiles of all of them via overdriveonline.com slash trucker hyphen of hyphen the hyphen year. overdriveonline.com trucker of the year hyphen I'll post that link in the show notes wherever you're listening to. Overdrive Radio is on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple and Google Podcasts. Tune in. Most any platform. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and if you're enjoying these, leave us a rating or review there. Big thanks in advance for that. Overdrive Radio is a production of Overdrive, the voice of the American trucker. It's edited and produced by me, Todd Bills, with the acoustic guitar and other support of trucker songwriter, long-haul Paul Marhooper. The theme is Legend of the Snake Man, by Marhooper, featuring guitar work of Travis, the snake man himself, Lamech. Terry socks Richardson on bass, keys by Tisha Mingo, Jim Whitehead, and drums, Andrew Marshall. podcast is backed up further by Overdrive's own news editor, Matt Cole, executive editor, Alex Locke, and video editors, Lawson Rudistle and Andrew Gwynn. Until next time, keep a pro.